0: Hello, welcome to the Life Done Differently podcast with me, Neil Witten, and my co-host Ray Richards. Join us on our journey to find out what separates the doers from the thinkers. Hi everyone, hope you're all okay,
1: or coping, or surviving, or learning, or growing. It's hard to know what to say these days. We're all uh, experiencing the same thing, and whilst the experience is so shared sometimes the more I talk to people the more I understand that uh, on occasions it's a very different uh, experience that we're having this conversation is a fairly good example it's a conversation with Matt and Lucia husband and wife both professional singers parents to Persephone the princess of chaos neighbours of my friends Caramel and Roger And most recently, the creative and operational geniuses behind Mini Music Makers, which are fun, energetic, educational music classes for preschool kids. Back in March, both Matt's and Lucia's incomes dried up overnight. And this is the story of what the business world calls a pivot, but it's so much more than that. It's really a lesson in both fighting and rolling with the punches. Matt and Lucia are very different. Matt was born with huge talent. Lucia had to work hard to develop hers. Matt, the teenager, rebelled. Lucia didn't need to. Lucia's parents encouraged her to follow her dreams. Matt's parents less so. Matt is lazy. Lucia wants to be. Uh, And these differences, together with a shared vision, are probably why they're such a good team. Uh, Matt has achieved more in music than most people uh, ever dream of. But he doesn't like to say he's a professional museum because he's been that since he was nine years of age. He really wants to do something different. But money and more have been barriers. He says, I feel guilty that I found music so easy. I could always just do it. But I didn't make the decision to be a singer. It just happened. Lucia seems unafraid to change her story. She spent her childhood dreaming of becoming a professional opera singer. And as soon as that box was ticked, she moved on to become a music educator. Matt's teenage motto of there must be more to life than this is still there. He seems to have nailed curiosity, but hasn't quite yet converted that into the life done differently he's looking for. But a huge nudge from COVID and... Uh, An old story or two swapped for new ones with continued support from Lucia and they'll be in a Costa Rican jungle dressed as Shady the Raccoon before you know it. The lesson I've learned, uh, there are a few lessons I've learned from talking to Matt and Lucia, but the big one is that to get where you want to go, you have to decide when it's time to fight and when it's time to roll with the punches. It seems to me... You have to fight when you have a plan and energy and you need to roll with the punches and see what happens next when you don't. It seems to work for COVID too. Embrace the chaos rather than fight it. When change happens, you can hang on to what was if you want, but you're better off saying to yourself, it's changed, I've got to change. When am I get able to go back to the way it was before is not a healthy response because there's no knowing when or if that will ever happen. Enjoy. Matt and Lucia Long. I'm actually an opera singer.
0: Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say welcome mini music makers because uh-huh. <laughs> that feels appropriate. So we have Matt and Lucia with us hi um, hello hello guys and you are both you you're slightly fatigued because last night the bbc were in your house was it last night no, well, no, it was no, yesterday
2: no. it was yesterday morning um and then i sort of had a false potentially going to labor yeah right. uh experience in the evening
0: <laughs> so there's not not much going on in your lives at the moment really no. is there
3: i mean just to say we did know that she might go into labor but it wasn't <laughs> a <shot>. that's true
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it does happen mm. <laughs> Certainly um, not here. But we're, we're very pleased to to have this time with you and we're going to keep our fingers crossed that um, uh, a real labor doesn't happen because it's yeah. close, isn't it? It it's, is.
2: It's very close. But hey, that would make great listening, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Can well, you listen? Well, maybe not.
0: It'd be, be a first for us anyway. <laughs> um, but this is second child for you guys, isn't it? So you're yep. pros now, you know what you're doing.
3: Yeah, first one's easy, yeah. Exactly right.
0: <laughs> Are you all set? Are you ready?
3: Not in any way in the same way as we were for the first one, as most people say, don't they? You know, the second one is we haven't really thought about him, really, until no, about a week ago.
2: I think he'll just fit in, right? That's that's how it works. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be yeah. much
3: more chilled. He'll sleep. You know, be great.
0: Oh, so you know it's a he?
3: Yeah, we do. Yeah, we found out. Um Why did we find out?
2: I think it was during lockdown and um, we went, it was actually my first time leaving the house basically in about three or four months or mm. something. We went for a scan and we weren't going to find out. And then we thought, oh, we need something to kind of.
0: Yeah. Life's a bit dull during yeah. lockdown. Find...
2: <laughs> Let's find out the sex of our baby. Yeah. yeah. So, did yeah. you
0: find out, did you find out for the first?
3: We did. And actually that we didn't, well, I didn't want to. I'd always thought that, you know, it's one of life's greatest mysteries that we still have. You know, and uh, so that was my vibe. And then why did we find out? Because it was uh, you, because you, you desperately you
2: think, wanted a girl.
3: Could, yeah, I
2: think you would have disowned it if it was a boy. So, no, uh, t- <laughs> we had to find. It's like like uh, talking with a small child, you know, who like really wants a sister or something. So mm. we had to find out so that Matt knew that he had
3: his, his girl. <laughs> mm. I don't remember it that way, but. <laughs> mm.
0: So, guys, you've you've had a particularly interesting lockdown period right and that's probably where we, we should start the story there and then we'll, we'll rewind mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll probably end up going full circle back to um, many music makers but can you so we normally start start these conversations by asking um how do you describe yourself to people because we don't want to ask this, the question what do you do um, in this case I'll, I'll leave you to answer it in the in the, in the way that's most comfortable
2: oh interesting okay i would describe myself as a music educator, um, and I use music to help people grow and learn about themselves, and also as a kind of therapy, I guess, um, which sounds really pretentious, um, I suppose. But I don't know, as a musician, you always have fingers in different pies. But um, um, I work, I'm very lucky to work with people from the age of a couple of weeks old um, to really old people and diverse, uh, yeah, from all sort of walks of life, whether that's the homeless community or kids in a primary school um, and using music to, I don't know, help them, yeah, grow and learn about themselves, I suppose. (laughs)
3: Um, I, uh, when people ask what I do, which I know you haven't done, I, I say musician as well, but it, I, I'm not uh, in a slightly different ways than you see. I think I probably, I always say it and then think, I wish I could say something else as well. Not necessarily saying, I wish I was something different, but I always have that feeling that I have to qualify that that's not a hundred percent who I am, uh, <laughs> but we you know, we're, we're sorry. Go
1: on. What, why is that? Why, what, I, I, uh,
3: I, I, I think, um, I don't. I don't like the idea that we're one that we commit to one thing in in yeah. life. You know, it may be how you earn your money, and that may suit society or whatever. But I, I, I don't like that. I, I, I'm always keen to say, but I'm really interested in this and this, yeah. and you know.
1: Well, and the bizarre and, thing is, there is lot. There are lots of people around who would love to be able to say they and them. Um, money through music exactly, or quite. yeah quite and,
3: that, and that's a third a degree of of sort of uncomfortableness I think for me because of course I'm aware that as you say lots of people would you know give their right arm to, to go around the world making music as a living um but you know when something is a job it's a job and I very much have that feeling and that you know every, nothing is perfect in this world and
2: Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like my job is absolutely my vocation, and <laughs> like I'm just so lucky that I get to do what I do, and I, it does feel like fun and best thing in the world.
0: You did, I did hear you say musician at one point, but then you 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 kind of um, dialed it towards mu- music education. Was there a point where you would have said musician?
2: Absolutely! Oh my gosh, growing up, I would just sort of announce very. Nonchalantly, that um, I was going to be an opera singer. That's just what was going to happen. Um, And I I think that probably was my childhood dream. Um, But I've always loved people and I find people fascinating. And actually, I realized that I could mix the two. So a lot of my work is with opera, but with people. Um, I work for an amazing company called Streetwise Opera, uh, which is with the homeless community. And we use opera, uh, yeah, to help people. Um, and to work on communication and confidence and all that kind of thing. And that is just the most exciting thing I could imagine.
3: You had a big moment, didn't you, at the beginning of university when you came to London after you'd qualified and at that stage probably was still thinking I'll be an opera singer, right? And then yeah. you had this very brave, sorry, go on. You...
0: No, 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 I'm really intrigued. So t- tell us about that, Lucia. So, so it sounds like, so you, you, you wanted, that was always the dream to be um an opera singer and then did that happen were you an opera singer for a period of time and then moved into this other space
2: funnily enough my first professional job after music college was as an opera singer um but i don't think i ever i i i don't have well to be frank, I don't actually have an operatic voice. I don't have what's needed to be an opera singer. Um, but I got this job as singing in an opera. And it's a lead role, but it's of a child. <laughs> um, so I sang this role for quite a few years of being this child called Flora in an opera called The Turn of the Screw, um, which was absolutely amazing. And I think lots of my colleagues or you know, from music college were like, oh my God, I can't believe you see us singing. <laughs> and she's the one who's got a job. And it was ridiculous because it is like singing a child's role, essentially. But on the other hand, I was singing as an opera singer, which is quite cool. Um, But quite quickly from there um, move, well, I worked with that opera company and I said look what I really love doing is working with people um, can I set up your education department and um, can we use opera to do really exciting things in schools and in community centers and libraries and theaters and hospitals and they were like yeah great let's do it um, so I really didn't have a clue what I was doing but um, yeah set up all these amazing projects and from there just kind of flew with it really.
0: And- you so it sounded like it was a surprise to your peers at the time that you'd fallen into that um opportunity when maybe they were struggling why was that
2: why was why were
0: what what what, what, what do you put it down to why 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 were you able to find that and why did that click in the way it did
2: oh i don't know i just Jump into these situations. I'd heard about the opportunity like the day before or something. It was in Northern Ireland. And my dad very sweetly said, "Come on, um, I'll play for your flight. We'll go over together. Might you just audition?" And I, we just got back, couldn't we, from Hong Kong or something, visiting my cousins. So we were jet lagged, us exhausted, and bless my dad, he paid for my flight, and we flew over to um, Belfast. And it was such a sort of spontaneous thing. I was like, well, I've got nothing to lose. Um, went in there, didn't know any of the music, but I was like, I really want this and I think I could be really good at it. Come
3: on, just but give me the job. I remember having a really vivid conversation with you before you went off to do that. Do you remember oh, that
1: conversation?
3: No. <laughs> about, because about, I, I, I'd been singing for a bit longer before I met you, I'm oh, a little yeah. bit older. Um, and, and we were talking about auditions, do you remember? And I said, you have to go in and you have to, it's absolutely right for you. And you just have to believe you're going to get it.
2: Yeah, that probably had a huge part in it. When Matt and I met, he was a bit older. And before I'd even met him, he was kind of one of my idols because he sang for (laughs) this group that I was like obsessed with. (laughs) So
1: so you were a groupie?
2: Yeah. Oh, massively. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Wow. I hadn't, I hadn't imagined that. Okay.
3: <laughs> no, it's, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, no offense, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so yeah, I, I, I'm just going to pose one last question, then we're going to move across to Matt and ask him the same question. So the, you mentioned your dad, Lucia, yes. and you said, he, he, he said, come on, no, you can do this. And then paid for your flight. Tell us a little bit about the role that your dad plays in um, that attitude of, uh, well, I just sort of jump into things.
2: Um, he's kind of amazing really, because, and I think I put down a lot of what I'm doing now and what I have done down to my parents and how they've raised me, but he's <laughs> interestingly had, uh, always been someone who's put a lot of his sort of success on having a really successful job, um, and a real job. And that's something I've never had and I've never had any desire to have, um, and despite him putting so much on this, he's always supported whatever I want to do, whether that is, you know, go over and try and be an opera singer or or teach two-year-olds how to sing or, well, not how to sing, but, you know, do music with interesting groups of people. Um, and I think having that support of his and my mum's has been crucial in my happiness and a really fulfilling career and enjoyment of life and music.
1: Mm, Can I just ask, can I just ask a question about the the getting the job of an opera singer? Hmm. Because that was your childhood. That's what you said you wanted to do and you did it. Yeah. And, and, And it sounds like you did it tick. Now I can go on to something else.
2: Yeah, totally. I never pursued anything, any other operatic y jobs after that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's but but you you would have felt, I would imagine, disappointed had you not been able to tick that box.
2: Yeah, I probably would have. Yeah. And it's really cool now being able to say, I've sung as an opera singer and it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's actually helpful for the rest of my work as well, to be like, I have done this, just didn't <laughs> want to do it anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, Matt, Matt, let's move over to you. How about, um, so again, you, you were reluctant to call yourself a musician. Mm. Um, when did you start calling yourself a musician? And uh, so at what point did it feel comfortable if it ever has done all kind of, I have,
3: I I think, uh, (laughs) it's far more complicated. I think in my scenario, um, because both my parents were musicians and Um, professional, classical, freelance singers, musicians, music teachers. My dad was an organist at various times, that sort of thing. Um, And so calling myself a musician and a singer particularly is inevitably tied up with my upbringing and teenage rebellion and all all sorts of other more complicated emotions. there was a time in my early twenties, I think, when I finished university and started to get have some success quite quickly that I I thought, no, I can I can own this. I, I'm a musician, I'm a singer. Um, but it didn't last very long for me. And a bit like you were saying with, with the opera, when you got the opera job, I, I very quickly got jobs that I had sort of sought after, I suppose, um, from, from when I got to uni. I thought, God, it'd be great if I could do that, and within three years I was doing it, and um, and then I sort of then I started to struggle. I think probably um, in all sorts of ways, uh, but yeah, it's ne- it's never sat easy with me. It's something I've had to work at at various times to, um, to 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 say, you know, I'm a musician and I'm comfortable with saying that.
0: And a lot so of just- it just is- gone. I I just want to make sure I've got the full picture. So, so it was it was sort of your natural path. Your parents did something very similar. They did, Um, yeah. um, I
3: encourage as
2: well. But you were a child opera singer. Yeah, you were singing and say that. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's where it started.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean that is where well it started with being born into a musical family, and then and then I sang opera in Italy as a as a boy professionally and coincidentally in exactly the same opera that Lucia then years later she played the girl and um, I was the boy as a 10 year old and an 11 year old and a, a 9, 10 and 11 in opera houses in Italy and Rome and Turin and Bologna and so I was being shipped off to the continent to sing opera and being paid well and missing exams at primary school and that's a fun... That, I, that is part of my makeup that has created some, I think, some uncomfortable... And, and did you did things. you
1: enjoy... Did you enjoy that? Or did you not think of it that way? You just did what...
3: No, I, do, I mean, it's a funny time, isn't it? So pre-adolescence, I was definitely aware that it was unusual. I had a great time in Italy. You know, it was wonderful to be away for five, six weeks at a time and eat ice cream and pizza. And that was... <laughs> but the, the music sort of... I don't. I don't know. I, I. I was a bit embarrassed
0: to be honest. Did, did you like the music? Did you enjoy it? Um, I, and did you like listening to it?
3: I wouldn't say so at that age. I didn't really underst- understand it. I mean, the other thing to say is that the opera is actually based on a Henry James novel, and it's it's awful. I mean, it's absolutely horrific. The themes of of paedophilia of the supernatural of all the worst things about 19th century schooling and governesses and being sent away. And it's really hideous. And in the end, the boy, my character, dies. And we're not quite sure why. He's possessed by uh, an evil, well, not an evil. That's just, he's, he's a man who used to be involved with a family who ki- was killed on the... I mean, it's absolutely dark, dark mm, stuff. It, it's 18 plus. It definitely, it definitely is. Yeah, um, it's, and actually, my parents would. She would uh, since they would often get the question, "How do you feel about letting your nine, ten, eleven-year-old involved in this?" And uh, and I remember having conversations with them about some of the issues. But you don't really understand at nine or ten no. these these complex things.
1: So you you were a sort of a child. You were a child in an adult world, really.
3: Definitely, um, and, did and that I had make, some.
1: Did that mean you you? You probably grew up a little bit
3: quicker, yes. maybe as a result. I, yes, I haven't. Don't think I've ever thought about that so specifically, but yeah, I probably did actually. I think I've always be. I've, I'd always hung out with older people, right from when I was very young. But perhaps that accelerated that. I don't know. I had to take responsibility at that age, and most people don't, I suppose. Yeah. To okay. do interviews and you know and, was getting paid and but as i say i found it there was a certain embarrassment about yeah. it because yeah, because she, your
1: mates weren't doing it
3: no your mates weren't doing that and who's that bloke going off to you know what an ego he's got and all that mm. sort yeah. of stuff and um so so can, so you you've, you're going in in
1: my words not yours you're going along with the flow you're your parents it's its it's, yeah. it's not that unusual for your family it might be for someone else's family it'd be a very big departure but for you it's it's normal it's- now it is
3: i mean that experience i wouldn't say was normal for even for our family or for a musical family particularly i was very lucky to get that opportunity in, in one way and it definitely had a grounding on my music musicality and my future as a you know my
0: ability as a musician um do you, do you mind saying Matt do you, do you know how it came about so did your parents go looking for that opportunity for no, you No no so it uh, sort of fell on the doorstep and then
3: well I I was at a very musical school which had a very good choir which won competitions and stuff I mean it you know it was a normal prep or a normal prep school is if there is one um but we the choir was good, and we the choir used to be engaged to sing at Glyndebourne Opera House, and so uh-huh. through that there were, the opportunities would come that way. And I think there was an audition in London, you know, and, and I got the job. And once you've done that once, of course, as a boy, any other opera house is going to go. He's done it before. We'll save a bit of money, get him along, you know. Mm. Um, that's how, it, and that's how it works in the adult.
0: Was there? Do you yeah. remember there ever being a moment through that phase of your life where you wanted to really resist it?
3: uh yes in fact the last one I was asked to do where I was 13 and I was due to do it at Covent Garden Opera House I was engaged started rehearsals uh and I pulled out and I very much remember that feeling I don't I don't I don't want to do this I didn't like the director and that as a 13 year old boy I remember you know my parents weren't happy about that and it was the start of probably a quite a difficult teenage period with me and my dad and but I, I said, I'm, I'm not doing it. And that's, you know, that's, that sounds ridiculous and pretentious to think back that a 30-year-old yeah, boy you're, would.
1: But what you're there, doing there is you're starting to be the master of your own destiny. You're not going along with the flow. You're starting to find yourself a little bit and find your voice. Yeah. Which, you know, many people don't, don't find until much, much older. You know, and I'm not talking about as children. I'm talking about, you know, as adults, they don't find it until they're, you know, in their 50s or 60s. Absolutely.
3: Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, possibly that was the start of it. It was very, I mean, looking back, it was very, I come back to this embarrassment thing. You know, it was, I wasn't comfortable doing it because I I wanted to be doing what everyone else was doing, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. and it took me a number. It took me till my late teens, early 20s, to start to take some pride in that in the talent, mm. and and, um, and 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 then consequently sort of pursue it and found a career, but
0: well you know things, but then, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, and yeah, so with that start, um, y- you know if if we were talking to anybody else and we'd got into uh, a way of them describing themselves as a musician then it would be completely reasonable to to question like, how has that been and kind of creating that life for yourself. That's mm. hard, right? It's mm. hard to find a way to make it work in every mm. way because um, lots of people want to do it and um, and it's a real machine and you kind of have to maybe there's an element of luck and an element of skill, um, but you had a very different kind of start, which maybe meant that um, it, it came more naturally and came more easily. But did but how did that change your relationship with the opportunities that might have come later
3: uh, I th- good question I think it had a huge effect I think I've I've always found it very easy and I feel guilty in some ways that I've, I don't really feel I've ever worked at being mm. able to do what I do which isn't true I know that looking but I have put in time and I have improved my singing but at every stage I was always I just sort of I think I've got a reasonable estimation of my my own talents talents and and without sounding full of myself uh, I I could always just do it and and um you're shaking you're nodding your head sorry um
2: I am yeah it's funny but but Um, there's pros
3: and cons to that of course because mm -hmm. if you're if there's something that you can do you know well and people recognize that it's very difficult to then say but is it what I want to do and that is something that I haven't that, that I know now, age 35, that I never made the decisions to do this really, um, to, not this, to, to be a, a, a singer.
2: And that is something, I think, I guess when something comes so naturally to you, and Matt objectively is actually incredibly talented and very good at what he does, and that's made it harder in a way because it's just so easy to make a career from it, whereas other people really have to work hard at it and they have singing lessons and they practice and you kind of haven't really done that and you don't need to
3: no but that's left me with with some difficult things to battle yeah. with you know as a in life <laughs>
0: because <it's, laughs> would you would you mind telling us a bit so we can this is really useful because it helps us understand mm. what the struggle must have felt like and wh- where the struggle was coming from but you mentioned you mentioned a struggle earlier on um where Where do you remember the first struggles coming about? What did they feel like? What were you thinking about at the time
3: um i early teens i think and and like lots of people I, I suppose I had a sort of difficult relationship with my dad for most of my teens uh my two my parents are very different people and if you my my dad died last year actually um from alzheimer 's uh but he, he hadn't been himself for a number of years but um my mom and dad were very different people from very different backgrounds, and once I and my younger brothers got to sort of 12, 13 and had our own voice and wanted our own opinions, he—that's something that he found very difficult, and so that's the first time that I look back and think, "Well, I had that." That created struggles for me. In answer to your question, mm. <laughs> um, but around that time, I also very—I have strong memories of th- thinking. There, there must be more to life than this <laughs> that is something that's instilled in me from about that that age I think as well so thirteen fourteen and then through teens
0: and, and did you start did you start exploring did you start looking for what those other things might be
3: I think I did yeah i, I did in what i my choices at school and the 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 actually uh, the teachers that I would gravitate towards at school are lucky to have some really influential and very good listening teachers, and a fantastic headmaster. And um, I, would, I would sort of take breaks out and book times to talk to people about how I was feeling. And I definitely pursued philosophy. I even did religious studies for for um, A level, even though I have no, I, I'm not have don't have religious bone in my body really. But I, the teacher was fascinating, and I enjoyed exploring those ideas of spirituality and all that sort of thing. Um, so yeah. it,
1: it look, look, you sound, it sounds as though you were and probably still are curious.
3: Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious. De- definitely. I'm curious. Um, I'm also lazy. <laughs> I'm also, um, aren't we all? So, well, I don't <laughs> to know. Certain, I'm, to a <laughs>
1: certain degree anyway, or we
3: think we are. I wish we I could think be more lazy. Are. You wish you, you should be more lazy. I can I'm tell not you that. lazy.
2: <laughs> i'm too um, unlazy
3: but i've definitely had a, always had a strong feeling that there's got to be something better than this you know and, I, and not- do, you
1: think, do you think that is in part because you found it so easy
0: probably possibly yeah yeah but also i, w- I also wonder whether it, once, once something has become very very normal it's it's no longer novel, mm. and maybe it, it's hard to find the same excitement in that thing because it's just so normal. Yeah. And so if you had that from a very young age, and it was um, that you know presumably the same opera night after night, Um yeah. And so it's not only opera, but it's the same version of opera a lot, and then it onto the next one, and it's kind of well yeah. that feels the same as the last one now. Yeah. It, a, a lot of normality sets in. Absolutely and
3: as an adult you know as a professional singer now and grown up sort of um, it's the same thing and you see it in colleagues and friends don't you know nothing is ever quite good enough and you're Mm. going from one country to the next you don't know where you're going to be next week and my early 20s was was spent traveling around Europe and further afield you know not knowing when I'd be asked to go to an airport and that it's hugely exciting to start, with, but once you've yeah. done that, uh, <laughs> then what? Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Um, well, I tell you what happens is, well, in my case, is that you start to realise that other things are important, like like love and family, and money, and um, you know, especially if you live in this where we do, southeast of England. And perhaps doing that is fun, but doesn't earn enough money. Isn't doesn't earn you enough to be looking to the future and all that. So all these other pressures um, and different priorities in life start to creep in, and then you, and then that, and then that's where I, I started really questioning it. Mid twenties when I just and what
1: thought, was the, and what was the process that you you know you started questioning it? Mm. Um, uh, but there, in order to get something different, you have to. It has to be more than just questioning it. You have to start doing. Yeah,
3: things. that was always my trouble. <laughs> Go on. Well, I. I had some, def- some strong moments of, of realisation of what we've just been talking about. Okay, this is not for me. Um, most notably when I was about 25 on honeymoon. honeymoon, um, we were in Thailand and we spent six days in the, in the jungle with a guide talking about animals and uh, looking for animals. And uh, at the end of it, I thought, wow, I've, I have not felt this happy and alive for years, what this is amazing. And I, remember, I remember having a conversation that day and saying, why don't I do this? Hmm. Why don't I I, I, I didn't know what this was at that stage, but wildlife guide, or, even, or simply even to just like immerse myself in that subject again, because hmm. it was like a reawakening of something that I found genuinely fascinating, far beyond what I'd ever felt in music or in and, singing and, and, or and, and was that
1: something you you know was the the animal thing was that mm. something you'd had experience of before
3: no I Is mean I remember for... well no and yes I mean I, I definitely as a kid growing up I was I used to record all the Attenborough documentaries and all that stuff and I, I was definitely into yeah, okay. animals but you know all animals all kids are into animals um I love that quote from David Attenborough when he met Barack Obama and Barack Obama said to David Attenborough, what first got you interested in animals? And David Attenborough said, well, that's the wrong question. Really the question we should be asking in society is what goes wrong to stop children being interested in animals and the environment and and Mm -hmm. hard life. um, Anyway, so I'd had that as a kid, but, but this was like a reawakening, like, well, why can't I do this? You know? And I suppose, Li- having lived life as a musician up until then, you, get, you, you do develop a sort of self-confidence that you can do what you want, really, because you're working for yourself, you're, you know, um, you're in control of your diary to a certain degree, all that. And so when, if something like that comes up, my immediate thinking was, well, I should do something about this, rather than, yeah, but I can't, you know, I've got that job and that, you know, whatever. And what um, did you do? Uh, very little, um i did very little but i didn't do nothing and i i actually i remember for a a number of months years even right up until now thinking this is a gift to have realized in 25 that this is something i want to pursue and it might take me two five ten twenty a lifetime to to pursue but i will and i have done small things i mean after that i set up i started getting interested in photography we did lots of traveling and I'd always spend time going to wildlife reserves and, and learning and get, going on guided stuff. Whenever I had a singing job, somewhere interesting, Australia, I spent six days on my own in the jungle there. and that, So I, I started to pursue it as a am going to do something with this, set up a website for my photography. And I did things like that. And But, but weirdly, I was keen not to pursue it too much because then it becomes as you were saying, you know, becomes the normal again. No,
0: <laughs> and I didn't,
3: I didn't want, I don't want it to be, I think, some part of me because I, I want it to remain this special thing that I've found that that, remain, that, that will still fascinate me, you know.
2: I don't know um, if it's sort of jumping way too far forward, but actually our sort of latest venture that we've come up with together hopefully is the key to you exploring yeah. this love of animals and making it work. But
3: it already yeah,
0: is, in a way. <laughs> I can sense that as well. Let's, let's, w- w- I was actually going to suggest that we jump forward and then backwards again, because I think it's going to help with the context. So um, let's, let's say a bit about uh, Many Music Makers and how, that, how that's come about. So um, we know, so we're talking at the moment in uh, September 2020. So we've been, I guess, officially in lockdown uh, because of COVID, since since March, so mm-hmm. six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm saying all of that partly because when we listen back to this in three years, it will be interesting to know if it was we were only six months in <laughs> or <laughs> um, so. So, do do you guys want to rewind to? Um, wherever was the kind of entry point into mini music makers and tell us about how it came about and um and and we'll question from there
2: yeah sure um well the original mini music makers which were face-to-face classes that i ran um for preschoolers um that actually happened by accident as well i'd come to london mainly to be with matt but um i'd applied for this um Uh, Masters in singing. I still, at that point, thought I was going to be a singer, (laughs) Uh, but I quit after five days. Needed something to do, and there was a cafe a few doors down from our house, with this huge storage room in the back, and I and she had this tiny cafe where you could fit about three tables and um, no buggies. But we lived in absolute nappy valley land at the time, and I said hey, why don't we turn the storage room into a kid's room? um, And I could run music classes because I'm like this amazing musician. (laughs) I'm actually an opera singer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, um, just
0: quickly, Ray, we've just found that that's that's the title. I'm actually actually an opera opera singer.
2: I've done my one role. Um, and she was like yeah sure so we painted the room up together and the night before the classes were meant to start we were still there like washing down this kids indoor plastic house thing that we'd found and and I started running classes the next day really not knowing what I was doing at all um, and then realized it was really fun and I loved working with small people and um, so learned a lot more about uh, music with early years and then it sort of just accidentally grew into something much bigger than I'd expected mm. um, and I kind of added to that um, job with lots of other things around the side of it but actually many music makers just continued to grow and grow and then um, um, I had a couple of franchises as well that just friends running their classes in different parts of the country and things uh, and we moved to Brighton and I set up a new a group here, but then lockdown happened and on day one of lockdown, I said to Matt, right, we're going to run these classes online, but I need your help. <laughs> um, so you're going to play the guitar mm. and I'm going to sing and run it. And it's going to be amazing. And we're going to do it every just, single day.
0: Just to jump in really quick. Mm. Uh, people can't see this Matt, but your, your reaction then was, it was all, you've got your hand in your head. <laughs> you, you looked like you are very reticent. Um, so,
3: I, I I've always been on the periphery of what Lucy yeah. does, admiring and just being astounded at how she's grown, what she's done in the real world, as it were. Um, and when I said being on the periphery, we've written songs together, mm. we've created albums together. But in terms of the classes themselves, I was always a bit sort of you know she'd phone up and say, "Can you bring down a tambourine at 9 a.m.?" You know, I've forgotten the. Ta- no.
2: Yeah, poor Matt got dragged into these but, things for years and was so.
3: But I'd never actually done a class. We did no. a bear hunt once outside yeah. in the park, but I'd never been involved in the, in the live classes and was always.
2: We brought our daughter along because yeah. it was what you what was free childcare. But we used to have these weekly arguments because Matt would come to my classes and lie on the ground <laughs> asleep. <or laughs> where they were like He's quite easy,
1: isn't he? <laughs> right. that's, I now I see that's the evidence yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. All
2: right. and it was I found it mortifying because mums would come up and be like who is that really grumpy man who oh, lies on the floor and I that's was like my husband. I'm so sorry it's my husband and I tell him every week he's not allowed to come if he lies on the floor he mm. has to take part and put his phone away mm. But um, so, which is kind of, I tell you in context, because now Matt is the star of the show no. and there you are. And all the kids, you see all the comments coming up on this live stream saying, we don't want Lucia to say hello to us. Come, can Matt say hello to us? And <laughs> we love Matt's <laughs> characters and they're all totally in love with Matt. Um, yeah. So it started on day three of lockdown. We started these classes.
0: That and, was quick. That was really quick.
2: Yeah. Well, how like, did you
0: pull it together that quickly?
3: well you uh, we know. had we had a head start of course because lucy's yeah. been running it for years so we and had so, all the animals not, and yeah puppets and things. but not only that you've had the experience the vast experience of what it's like to sing and to engage toddlers mm-hmm. and so you know how that feels mm. and so all okay you've got a mobile phone in front of you but you've got in your head you've got an image of how that is going to play out in terms of the kids reactions and i think and that's that...
1: interesting actually having, having you know you it, it's it's a it's a change isn't it you know doing it mm. online but you 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 know your audience
2: yeah yeah totally
3: so, yeah I, I think that was a very powerful thing in in the success at the start mm.
2: was
0: that sounds a little bit like comedians who have tested and tested and tested their show mm. and they know exactly when people are going to laugh and they know exactly mm. what, how long you know what so is, was it kind of similar to that that you, you 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 were so confident in the material and the and the way that people would respond to it yeah that yeah Yes, it was a change to to move it online, but you were confident that that the response was going to be very similar to what you'd experienced in person.
2: I was confident in the fact that we could make it work. But interestingly, Mm -hmm. a lot of the material that works now is very different from the live classes because it's all about our rapport and having two of us there. And some of the songs I tried before in... Live, class, live classes, face-to-face classes, totally bombed. But with Matt there dressed up as this monkey making obscene sound effects while I'm singing it, it just kind of came to life. And that's when the, the, the things that the kids really responded to. Whereas mm. when it was just me, it just didn't work.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, but okay, I
2: knew so, your
3: vibe as well I mean I'd yeah. been in the classes all right I was asleep for some of them but, <laughs> but I knew what you what you did and I, I knew the sort of time scales and the mm. flow of these classes is is the crucial thing that, that you've got to get right not too quick enough for toddlers to engage but not too slow The silences are your enemy all that stuff mm. and we've both got performance experience and we, we we were, we were kind of ahead of the game in that way for all the other people yeah. trying to scramble to put stuff online. Mm-hmm. We could just go knowing how it worked in a way.
0: And then, so more practically, so you, so you, you already had some of the props and materials mm. and the content you were, you were comfortable with, but, um, but the process of actually putting it online and then marketing it and, um, and, then f- and, and presumably you wanted to figure out how this was going to be an income stream at some point as well. Mm-hmm. How were you thinking about all of that?
2: Um, income wise, I was very adamant from the beginning that I didn't want it to be subscription or um or to be you wouldn't for people to have to pay because I it was such an awful time for so many families and so many people were struggling. I said, come on, let's just keep this open so that for all those families who can't afford to pay, they can still access good quality music. Um, and hope that enough people we can get enough people watching and enough people who can pay and I know that people who came to my classes I'd hope would support us Um, so we just put up a PayPal link on the first day and people who could pay did and do and people who can't are really honest about that and say thank you so much and I when my when my baking career gets back to where it was before i'm going to send you an amazing cake and i'm like that's amazing <laughs> i love cake <laughs> bring it on keep watching the classes and so, so you this. so you yeah.
1: didn't you did something interesting though you didn't, you didn't say it's the cost is X, but if you can't afford it don't worry you said pay what you feel is the right amount
2: yeah totally and i think that was probably the right thing to do
3: absolutely it was the right thing to do and and knowing colleagues who are doing music for adults, as it were, um, you know, um, in the classical world, there, there's a huge struggle now to find, and, and actually there has been before lockdown, but now it's just no one knows how to make money yeah. um, fr- from, mm. f- from performances anymore, really. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's really dire what the, the future for the, the near-term and medium-term future for, um, for everyone from the top, Singers down to you know bands and people organising festivals. It's just as I'm sure you know. It's just,
1: but but I guess it's it's. You mean what what you're doing is what a lot of us are
3: doing is being forced to innovate. Mm. Yeah, which I love. It's really
2: exciting.
3: And I think the other thing to point out with this is that in unlike a lot of people who are trying to sell a concert or sell a performance or sell a new recording, we're kids' music is a service as well. It's kind of like to a family who haven't had a chance to write an email for two days, if they can put some, their kid on a screen for half an hour showing something that the parent is comfortable with and thinks mm, is positive, yeah. mm-hmm. they, I think, see that as a, gosh, I, it's a, almost a necessity. It certainly was in
0: lockdown. Yeah. So you've, you've become child carers. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah I, I was going to say, you know, you've got different... I mean different people are coming for different reasons some are just coming because they they want they think music's important and they want mm-hmm. their child exposed to music mm-hmm. some are coming because they need to work mm-hmm. and you're the babysitting service mm-hmm. what else
2: um well, <laughs> the thing that uh took me a while to understand was that also during lockdown when people weren't seeing other families the parents were tuning in to watch our child have insane meltdowns and to watch oh, yeah. us <laughs> dealing with that. Ah. Um, and to begin with as a perfectionist does every time, cause we do the classes with our two year old, um, Indeed, who often has a completely different agenda to us, um, whether that's to take all her clothes off or to hide all the props or to just decide to scream for 40 minutes straight while we're trying to do this class. And that was hugely stressful. And then I noticed that the um, the viewings went up for all the classes <laughs> where Persephone, where our daughter, like was acting up and being... Just so some Apollo. of it is
0: comedy gold, and it's all down yeah. to her decisions. Absolutely- yeah, and people. How did you? How did you respond to those situations then? um Quite differently, you between you and me to start with. Yeah. I, I think I possibly before you thought
3: that this is fine. You know, as long as we don't hit her. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> you know, as Not long in as- front of the camera. No.
3: <laughs> and the you know the, the last resort was of course always that I could take her off and that happened Mm. a few times but so I I was happy to go with it and and kind of even potentially try and develop those tricky moments to become in a in a positive way for her but you know because that's people love seeing that sort of stuff well
1: I think they just (laughs) they love authenticity don't they
3: Mm.
2: yeah because
1: because that's what their life is like and
2: well yeah people can relate to it
1: yeah, that's right. It's like, oh, it's not just us. Even yeah, yeah, we got you know, that
2: a lot actually. Yeah. yeah, people just said it was such a relief to see someone else's toddler mm. having a complete meltdown. But and there was also, also that
3: other level of how you and I differently responded to yeah. it, which oh, I think some which yeah. parents could relate to and
0: found amusing and you know.
2: yeah. Definitely. How
0: did you respond to it, Lucia?
2: Um, Well, <laughs> I mean, with varying different tactics, more militantly, um, I would say. Okay, <laughs>
3: uh, <you> <laughs> well, I just it. I just feel that you. And I understand why, as you say, because you're a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget, this was your business. This was for eight years, yeah. and so if something was being derailed, it was more. I think you felt it more. Like I'm mm-hmm. trying to get this right, and I was. This just, is like, mummy's work. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you, in fact, those exact words you used to Sephia a lot. This mm-hmm. is work. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, which just seems unfair for a two-year-old. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think as soon as I realized that people were really kind of tuning into this and that was the moment mm. that they started paying attention then I kind of tried to adopt a little mm. bit more of a it, yeah. it, it's su-
1: it's such an interesting thing isn't it because i think we probably you know a lot of people listening to this um and certainly neil and i we've spent a reasonable amount of time on zoom and on online calls over the last six months or so and things happen you know the kids walk in mm. constantly you know asking where the cheese is you know, <laughs> well it's not there it's you know in the shop. <laughs> you know uh, all, all, all of that sort of stuff but you're your home life and your work life have just gone dovetailed Mm. bang, like, Mm. you know, very, very quickly. They've suddenly become one thing. And some people will really, really like you did. Lucy. you know, you, it's just, you know, your instant reaction is, Oh no, hang on, let's keep these separate. We can't have the meltdowns. You know, Mm. this is, we're professional people here. And, 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 and because Matt's lazy and he can't <laughs> be asked to try and sort it out, he just said, oh, come on, let's just go with the flow. Yeah, and Let's just go with it. Let's just embrace it. And that's it turned out to be the right thing. And I think sometimes in life, that's, that's what we've all got to do is just got to go, yeah. come on, let's stop fighting this. Let's just see what happens if we mm. just, you know, embrace it and, and go with it.
2: You're so yeah. right. And maybe that's something that I've learned as well, actually, to try and let go a little bit more and mm. go with the flow over the yeah. last On months. That,
0: on, on that same topic. So again, just back to um, before you'd actually launched this, where, when the ideas first started to become clear to you. I want to understand what kind of hesitation there might have been. Um and I and, and I'm thinking about things like um preempting what we were just talking about around how it would work with your daughter, um the vulnerability of showing up like that where you know before it's contained to a room of mm. other mums, um whereas now it's anybody that knows you and anybody else that wants to wants to look. So what what kind of Uh, hesitation might there have been from you
2: i didn't have a single hesitation (laughs) it was just like you were going to say that i'm
0: intrigued
2: (laughs) i was like oh this has happened lockdown's happened boom we're doing this right let's make it happen
0: what about for you matt for some more maybe as much from like the serious opera singer
3: um i I think (laughs) partly from all the sort of moaning nonsense i was talking about earlier um I'm sort of not fully invested in my career as an opera singer anyway, and haven't (laughs) been for a number of years. And I don't think that's necessarily a negative thing um, as an opera singer either. I think most, you look at some of the most interesting performers in in any walk of music, really, they've got other interests and they bring other things that they're interested to, to it. And it's always the dullest performers that are, Oh, and where were you last night? And their biography is just, and I performed here and did that and did that and met this person. And, It's so dull and it comes across in their performance. And so, um, sorry, what was the question?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was um, the hesitations to to show up and be vulnerable. Yeah, okay. So
3: so what I've just said that I wasn't really, you know, I'm kind of past the self-promotion and all that. I've done all that in my 20s, a bit tired of it. I don't really care, to be honest, you know, how it, uh, I've, I've had, glimpses of success and and one moment in my 20s where i really could have done you know well yeah maybe i shouldn't talk about that
0: god you should know you 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 can't say
3: well i I had a um a record deal and made a record and recorded a solo album at abbey road and was signed to these guys that put 60 grand behind me and said we're going to make you the next sort of Alfie Bowe, you probably don't even know who he is.
1: I do, Um, actually. You
3: do? Sorry, that's incredibly presumptuous of (laughs) me. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, Catherine Jenkins' crossover stuff and all that. And so Mm. I had that on the cards and I had got to the stage of, you know, decent media reports. I was on the front cover of Classical Music magazine and all this. and it didn't really come to anything. Um, Partly, again, because I'm quite lazy and wasn't too (laughs) keen on pursuing publicity for no money. But also because deeper down, I, I, I'm, I'm now really glad it didn't because it's not who I yeah. am and it just isn't. And, you know, as a musician, you're sort of just taught to kind of go for this, go for this, go for this without really thinking about, is this the right thing for and, me?
1: And how do, you, how do you know it's not the right thing? What's going on in your mind or in your body that's telling you that this isn't quite right?
3: I was co- I'm constantly stressed and quite often ill.
1: Uh, and what, <sighs> what, what So, so what, how does stress manifest itself for you?
3: I didn't and, and enjoy the 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 getting to the end of one task, performing one concert, say, it goes well. And then I really didn't enjoy the idea of, oh, I'll do another one tomorrow. Oh, there's never a sort of... This is great what's next
1: but 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 what's what's how's it how's it represented in your body and in your mind because you, 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 i i, I in the past- well
3: depression <laughs> okay I think it's probably yeah. these is over the years you know in and out of um fortunately never never severe but but at times you know pretty moderate depression and anxiety. so, so
1: difficulty getting out of bed type
3: not as bad as that uh what but you know, di- diagnosed and um, yeah, you know, at various stages and uh, medication, uh, you know, um, as well. But um,
0: yeah, I, I would say that's how it's
3: manifested itself. Okay, it's-
0: Matt, do you mind me asking? it's going to be a quite a sensitive question, but do you mind me asking? How has this shift towards mini music music makers changed how that depression is in your world?
3: Um, it's been a hugely positive thing for me uh, because it's. Um, I mean, lockdown has, it's awful to say it, but it's been such a positive thing because I am able to every day do the thing that I want to do, which is spend time with my family, Mm. um, see see Lucia every day, work with her together. We've always been much stronger when we're together and doing stuff together. I know perhaps not all couples can say that. I don't know, um, you know, it's always, it's always about a balance between time away and, a, uh, and together, isn't it? Um, but we've always been stronger when we're together. And so it's, it, uh, it's been amazing. I, and just on a basic level, being able to pick up the guitar every day for six months. Hadn't really done that since I was 15 and in a heavy metal band, you know. I, it's, um, it's been wonderful. Um, that would have pissed you dead off. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Lucia, if we jump across to you for a second, so I said I, I knew you were going to say that because every time we've got to a point where for some people it sounds like they, they would have, there would have been a lot more hesitancy and a lot more consideration. You used the words earlier that I, I just jumped in and it seems like that's, that's your modus operandi to just, just jump in. But what, what I want to understand in, in the same context is where does that come from? So where where does the where does the moment come from where you're going okay this is what we're going to do and this is what it looks like
2: um partly probably just a sort of naivety of like everything will be fine <laughs> um again probably coming back to my parents always just supporting whatever I wanted to do in the most wonderful way and been like yeah you can of course darling you can do whatever you want to do sort of thing um, their support has definitely helped to that like and they've always encouraged whatever whim I've taken.
0: And um, um, what about the moments more specifically? Mm. Then, so for, for let's take mini music yeah. makers. Do you can you remember the, the the moment where this showed up? Because what what I'm particularly interested in is for a number of people who might have been in quite a similar situation mm. to you, where they were they they figured out a, a business that worked with their life that they liked. Um, that was no longer possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and there might have been ways to be able to reorganize what they were doing in a similar way to you have, but they would have been more hesitant or they, the idea would have come up and then they would have suppressed it, but, or the idea maybe wouldn't have shown up. Um, so I mean, I'm, I'm interested to know more about the, the headspace and the process and, and how you might have been thinking about things.
2: I don't know. I, I just get an idea and I get really obsessed with it and won't let it go. And and that's often actually in the past been something that we have not battled with, but even on this, like the night before the first class, I was up till midnight writing all these messages on Facebook mums groups. And that was like, for goodness sake, go to bed. You know, you worked on this all day. Like you need to sleep. And I was like, no, we need to get the word out right now. It has to happen right now. Everything has to happen right now. And we have to start tomorrow. And Matt might have been like, well, you know, we could leave it a day. It doesn't matter if it totally. doesn't start. I mean, I,
3: I thought this is a great idea. Let's do it in a couple of weeks. But that would have been too late, it turns yeah. out. You know, because by then the internet was starting to be populated with other people doing similar things. And it's the fact that you did it on day three of lockdown is is why it's got to where it is now, I'm sure of it. Yeah. And that's
2: not always a positive thing in my Personality, no, you're trait, a, you're at a workaholic all, at, at worst. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But that's um, sometimes it's it's the thing that's required, and sometimes it's the thing that isn't required. Sometimes absolutely. you need to take Matt's approach, which mm. is to chill out a bit more. And sometimes yeah. it's the right, it's, it's just about trying to find a balance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All these yeah. Things. Yeah. But, and we've um, helped um, each you, other in that way, actually, definitely, I've seen, yeah. you know,
3: over the years. I mean, it, sa-
1: it does sound like you're, you know, you are uh, at times a fantastic team, you know. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. And, and
3: we really enjoy working with each other you know it's
1: and, and lucky. i think I, I think you know when neil was asking about how did, you know how did you make this happen it sounds like it, it really the the key to it was it being an evolution not starting from mm. scratch you'd already done it and the and, and and lockdown forced you you really didn't have much of a choice really it once you understood that it was an option Mm
2: -hmm. what
1: else were you going to do
2: absolutely and when it did start working I mean even from lockdown it's involved massively we now you know it started with just the two of us on our sofa three of us sorry singing a few songs but since then we've written lots more songs and every weekend and most evenings has been uh, spent creating huge pieces of scenery um, and and all these, you know, we literally are, are living at the moment. I mean, it's, mm. it's an incredibly stressful place to be in as an adult because it's yeah. just like some kid's um, den of a mm. studio. It's just full of cardboard cutouts of zebras and lions and polar bears and spaceships. And, and it's, yeah, it's definitely all, odd. All, mm. all
1: those animals, Matt, you must be really happy. Oh, it's great. It's <laughs>
3: fantastic. <laughs> which is your favourite <laughs> <is your> <laughs> animal. Favourite animal, oh yeah. gosh, either an elephant or a jaguar. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say there was a moment, about a few weeks in, So, of course we, we did it and it was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And people were paying us and, uh, you know, we, we were back, but, but that went on for a few weeks. And then there was a sort of moment where we had to say, are we going to carry on doing this? And are we going to carry on doing it every day? And yeah. are we... Forever. And so that forever, yeah, you know, just without, without knowing when it might come to an end, and 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 when we had that sort of moment, that there's only one answer because because everything else had been cancelled in our world, yeah. everything. I had no work at all. So, so,
1: th- th- so it, 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 when you realised this was your job, mm. that was. That was my kids. They've just put on the music in the background. I can't. <laughs> this is what happens. Where's the cheese?
3: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, It became work.
3: Y- yeah. Yeah. But not like work I've ever known. I mean, I just get up and go to the sofa, you know, it's, um, it's great.
0: Ray's, 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 we can see him. You can't, you can't see him listeners, but he's disappeared to go and uh, have one of those, vulnerable moments with his children mm. that we talked about earlier let's hope they're not naked <laughs> they're in their they're in their 20s <laughs> um so matt let, let's just, just move across for a second to um the, so this has shown up you, you were you feeling stressed at the fact that you could see that you, your work world was starting to look like non-existent it was um what kind of I think w- Was that kind of normal and okay to deal with, or was was it, did that stress set in at all?
3: It was, I didn't, I didn't have trouble dealing with that. I don't think partly because there was the distraction of making this work, and I think that's worth mm. pointing out that we were, you know, all of us were going, oh god, what the hell's going on, you know? And actually, to have some sort of routine didn't matter what it was, but getting up and going to the sofa at ten o'clock, thinking, what song should we do? Should we write another? That was a distraction. It was definitely, in some way, um, why we carried on doing it. I think um, before it, you know, before it got to the stage where it was clear it was going to do well. Um, but I, as, I, as I said, as I keep saying, I'd sort of signed off my career um, in my mind um, about a decade ago. You know, um, and so it, in a way, it was. I st- I, I'd even say I saw it as a positive thing. It was yeah. like the kick up the backside that, that perhaps you and I had probably needed. I mean, we'd had friends saying you should put this stuff online for quite a few years, actually. And it would probably was never going to happen without a global pandemic because <laughs> yeah, I, I think this
1: is, the, I think this is the most interesting thing about this pandemic. I, I, mm. you know, I really do. I, I mean, there's, I, I know, you know, there's a lot of people that have suffered mm. a lot and are suffering and, mm. and will suffer into the future. But being forced to change is sometimes what we need.
3: Absolutely. And I remember that time around, there's that well-known time period, isn't there? Of how long does it take to change a habit? And we got we got well into that, didn't we, as a society? And you think, well, even if it's, you know, all this stuff that we've been churning around for years and years, don't use plastic, shop local, for example. But I mean, a whole myriad of things. Um we had long enough to change those habits as a, Mm. as a society, I hope, fingers crossed. Um, and that, that, as you say, that's an interesting thing because people have have had to change and had to make hopefully positive decisions about
1: Yeah, And, and, you know, we're the same. And we've mentioned this before. I think our podcasts up until COVID were all done face to face Mm. and we, and we rejected the idea. Well, we convinced, we, actually, we convinced ourselves we yeah. the only way to have decent conversations was to do it face to face, and we were telling ourselves that story. And then mm. COVID came along, and we we went silent. Yeah, you know, we didn't record anything, and we in fact we recorded one just Neil and I, um, and I think that gave us a little bit of confidence that you know it's something we could do. But we knew each other, you know, pretty damn well. Yeah, and so the conversation was easy, and then suddenly. Um, we booked a few guests in and it actually felt really quite good. Um,
3: you were maybe yeah, we're all built with this fear of the new to some, yeah, absolutely. Reality. And mm. getting even a simple thing like getting used to Zoom, it's, I mean, the first yeah. time I was using it, it's energy sapping. And we did some classes over Zoom and thought, this is so much harder than just pretending everyone's in the room and having the phone there, you know, yeah. Um, but you get used to these things don't you and it doesn't take much to to find new ways and new paths and new skills that's yeah, what this has done yeah, yeah. i mean
1: i, I you just i you live in brighton we live in brighton um mm. you if you go down to the seafront and you see the gyms that are uh, you know appearing mm. on hove lawns yeah you know, i mean i don't know how long it takes them to get set up but you know these are
0: sophisticated outdoor gyms. Really? Oh, yeah, definitely weren't there before. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Really you impressive. know,
1: people are innovating. And, I, and I, I look at that innovation and I'm thinking, that has only happened because of COVID. Yeah. But actually, that is brilliant. Yeah. Because yeah. gyms themselves are not... I mean, I know that a lot of people do like the gym itself mm. because that's sort of part of their social world and everything. But being out in nature and exercising is a pretty good combination.
0: Mm,
3: um, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, let's. You just mentioned nature, Ray, which is a good um, reminder to come back to what Lucia said earlier. Because we were we were into um, Matt talking about how you'd notice something in Thailand uh, uh, that that's that's where there was real energy showing up where you were in nature and with animals. Um, and then Lucia said that that may be the enabler. What's just happened might be the enabler. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I can guess at this, but but would you tell us a, a bit more about how you're thinking about that side of things now?
2: Well, I guess it's, um again, this whole, <laughs> the whole pandemic thing of bringing stuff online and thinking of new innovative ways of doing stuff. Um, We're running classes and reaching thousands of people every day from our sofa. It doesn't have to be the sofa in Brighton, it could be anywhere in the world. Um, And actually... Last last year, we explored Mm -hmm. the idea, well, a couple of years ago, we went to Costa Rica and Matt just sort of came alive into this new person. And it was so exciting to see that. And also, I mean, I loved it as well. But um, we thought, how can we find a way of making enough money to be able to live here for a bit? Um, And then the following year, we went on a wreck and we found somewhere we really wanted to live. And since then, it's just been the question of like, well, how can we support ourselves and you travel and live in exotic places and hopefully we found something because as long as we have a good wi-fi connection we can run these classes from anywhere in the world
3: mm. is there a wi-fi in the jungle or
2: sure we'll make it work
3: i'm sure there <it> is. Yeah. <laughs> sure is i'm sure yeah. Is, yeah yeah these days yeah. so
2: that's that's the dream anyway that um hopefully so we'll get this little guy out and um, give birth at some point <laughs> after this podcast, um, get him to a reasonable age where he's not going to just suddenly, mm. I don't know, <laughs> die and then go to <laughs> Costa Rica. <laughs> uh, yeah, and run our classes from mm. Costa Rica.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's that's an idea that we've had for quite a few years, really. And it's been on the back burner mm. and and been, now it's very you, much on the front burner. Take, that's right.
1: Yeah, you've taken this, the, the steps you've taken have, have, have made it. Well, if you can make it work here, you can make it work there. In fact, yeah. it'd probably be better there.
2: Oh, yeah. You know
1: Definitely you'll have be more, better there. You'll have more space. You'll have, you know, hopefully you won't have your main living area crammed full of cardboard animals. No,
3: um,
2: we could use just poisonous snakes animals, i was just
1: thinking yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah real animals that's, yeah. that's that's the only way forward isn't it for mm. all your worlds to come together perfectly is to Absolutely. have real animals involved in the uh, yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah okay hey kids look but, at the scorpion
3: but just just <laughs> just to say um uh briefly on that as well when you say how how it's all going to work i when we were out there before i was in touch with a howler monkey rehabilitation center and um,
0: I thought for a minute you were just <laughs> gonna leave it at yeah, me oh, too. She, yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> at news point. to me.
3: <laughs> yeah, she's still on speed dial. Um, <laughs> uh, so I would go and do that, basically. I was talking to the guy who runs that and, and um it's just an itch I've got to scratch and mm. you know, it's not a career change as such, but it's something that I'm fascinated by and I need to do it,
0: you know. And this how much how much was um Money, the thing holding you back before,
2: Uh massively because you need to make. We need to make a living to pay our mortgage and to. You
3: say massively, but I think it depends on how you know. Money is a funny thing, isn't it? How much do you want something? You know,
0: maybe I just work. You know, (laughs) yeah. Well, I I I just add a a bit more. structure to what the question i'm asking so something that's come up quite a few times on conversations we've had on the podcast is this idea of um if you want something and money is an inhibitor then there's two different ways to look at it you can either earn more or spend less Mm -hmm. and and we're not we tend not to be thinking as much about the the spending less bit as the earning more bit Mm -hmm. we're just kind of wired that way i think probably because of the commercial the capitalist systems we live in um, so I think maybe that might have been partly where you were going in the answer there, Matt, that, it, it, that if you had made decisions to earn less, then maybe it would have been more doable. But 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 uh, the, coming back to what it was that I'm kind of exploring here is um, how much the thing that you found is enabling you to do what you had dreamed of doing because of the money it's making versus because of the lifestyle it's helping you to see
3: i am quite money driven which is not necessarily something that i'm comfortable with but i know it's something i know i am and i don't have any qualms about saying that so don't necessarily like that about myself but i would say you are less so Mm. um but of course it's very easy to say that when when you're fortunate to have enough money to you know to live a reasonable life in the southeast of england you know it's all it's all about that's what i mean it's all about context and, and relativity isn't it i mean when, when we went it, traveling
1: why forever, do you think you are money driven what, what what is it
3: i think i i don't know uh i think i was thinking about this the other day partly it was my very early education which was at a a sort of very well-to-do prep school just just up to the age of 12 where we were not well-to-do. Um, we were fine, but, you know, we were I, there were a lot of kids with a lot of money at that school. You were and, on a scholarship, weren't you? And I, I, I was on a music scholarship with my brothers and whatever, but, you know, we would turn up in the, the old Volvo. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else had the top top range, what were they, Spas wagons in those days, that sort yeah. of thing. Mm. Um, I suppose that... For, I mean, I recognise that, but that's not the same as saying that's not part of why I think in that way.
1: But is it, um, is, it, is it because you... Is it because you want stuff? Is it because you want security? Is it because you don't want to feel as though you're missing out? Is it...
3: I think it's a bit of all those three things. I think the security thing is just being able to relax. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, just having... You know, I, I would love... In, you know, I would love to be wealthy in order to, A, be able to relax and also to be able to help people that I think needed help. I would love to be in that position, to be able to have enough money to put aside meaningful amounts to give to people or organisations that I think are worthy of you know help. I would love that. Um, I think that's quite a strong driver, but I, I, as I say, I'm, it doesn't sit – easily with me because it's not a nice thing to say I'm driven by money is it but I think I probably am
2: but do you think in some way I mean I don't actually think of you as hugely driven by money at all mm. especially compared to most people but but is it partly because you're unhappy with what you do and things and lifestyle sort of compensate for that I feel like if we Possibly. were in a jungle then it that wouldn't, wouldn't matter. matter at all and you would be so much happier and you wouldn't be interested in mm. money.
3: As long as I still have my trading app, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so is that, is that starting to become quite real for you guys now then?
3: The Costa Rica idea? Mm, yeah it sounds like it. yeah i think about so i mean we've got a you know we talk about it a lot we have done for about a decade mm. <laughs> um but we need to get obviously we need to get baby number two out and healthy and and going and it's you know
2: that feels a, like the last not yeah. hurdle but once that's done tick let's get out of here so
3: would yeah.
1: it, would that be years time two years time
3: a year's year
2: time. nine months yep. year? yeah
3: yeah right okay yeah. and we do a we do a season over there you know it's a tropical country so we'd we'd go from september to to easter or something mm. you
1: know yeah nice and so mm. split your time between there and here absolutely yeah and i yeah.
2: think as well part of that is the idea for our daughter persephone yeah. and whoever this guy is gonna be um what an amazing education and way to be brought up like
3: yeah. There's a whole other conversation yeah, about the education absolutely. in this
2: country. Yeah. yeah, and how do you nurture children? But I think in a rainforest is a, a pretty amazing way to do it.
0: Mm. Oh God, that's a, we, we we're definitely going to be back to do yeah, right. um, episode yeah. two <laughs> once, once you're there. Mm. So the last thing I just want to um, come back to is d- d- you you said earlier, um, is this forever now? Do we keep doing mm. this? Do we do it till next week? Um, How are you thinking about that at the moment, about Mini Music Makers and what the future is?
3: We have pre-recorded about five weeks of shows to go out as live at 10 o'clock every day, because I think that's the other thing that was key to the success is that it's there every weekday. And yeah. the people who tune in know it's there. So there will be new material. We're not going to pretend it's live, but it will go as live. Yeah. The shows are better edited. We've got sort of clips in and out of characters using different sets. We've even got stuff from out in the where we live and with animals and and uh, horses and cows and all that stuff. So that that it was going to continue to go out until Lucy, you know, feels she can sit on the sofa and do a show again. And at that point, hopefully, we'll still have a bank of a few of them. I mean, let's uh, to be honest. Other singing work is starting to come in again. Yeah. For me, the odd thing, and we are uh, be silly and foolish to just stop doing all of that. But this has allowed us, or allowed me, to be more far more choosy to do the work I want to do with the people for now, anyway. And so, when I go and do that, we'll have some pre-recorded classes. But we will definitely just keep it going out live every day, ten o'clock.
2: But when you say um, "is this forever?" I mean, looking more long term than the next few weeks. Um, I guess the answer is don't know. Like yeah. it, I, at the moment, it feels like yeah, let's keep doing this and this we can build this and make it huge and keep going for years. But then I think both of us are absolutely always up open to the option of something swinging wildly in a different direction that's so exciting like I don't in any way I can't foresee doing this forever or certainly not being the only thing I know I would get bored Mm. but um hopefully more exciting things will just appear and happen and we'll go with that flow as well yeah yeah
0: believe
3: it Yeah. yeah
0: awesome thank you guys yeah, that's it's been you. it's been an absolute pleasure what um where can people find you where can people go and watch the shows
2: um so our live classes go out on our facebook page at mini music makers every weekday morning at 10 a.m um, and you can watch it on catch up at any time at mini music makers on facebook or on our youtube channel and our website is mini music makers.co.uk fantastic
1: that was so professional i love that <laughs> Yeah. It's, You're it's, getting really good at that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, and to, g- best of luck to you yeah. both, you. but especially you, Lu- Lucia. Thank um, you. And we we really do want to um, look at, at coming having a conversation with you um, once you've made the <laughs> that, Brilliant. Well. No
3: pressure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go uh-huh. All right. Thanks, guys. Oh, thank, thank you, you so
2: much for chatting to us.
0: We're done. Yeah, we're done. We're done. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was great, guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank, Thank you oh. very much. Um, was that okay for you? Yeah. yeah, was that all
3: right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. No, it's not. It, it, and, it, and it actually worked really well with the with the two of you. Okay. It, it, it okay. was that that I think uh, I don't I I can't quite work out why, but uh, it was good. <laughs> it did. It's always yeah, a funny thing,
3: wittering on about yourself isn't it I know yeah
1: it's it's actually maybe it's
2: easier to witter on about the other person in in some ways
3: not too much
0: yeah
1: I, I think I think the the thing that's really really struck me during the conversation was this um this sort of um embracing the chaos Mm. When you were talking about Persephone, sort of getting involved, you know, mm. <laughs> and it, 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 it's really the. There's a real temptation to fight it, mm. and and it's just sometimes just so much easier to embrace it, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, mm.
1: yeah. And and I, and I, and, I, and, the, and the, it it's just the whole COVID thing is a bit like that. It, it's, you've yeah
2: just, you've just you can't of, con- well i mean yeah. you can't fight it <laughs> we can't no you can't no. fight it or no. control so,
1: it. So, so you've got to embrace it when change yeah. happens you you can you can keep trying to hang on to what was mm. but 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 you're so much better off if you just go it's changed i've got to change absolutely yeah because
3: yeah. yeah. the people who do it quicker are the people who are who are now com- more comfortable. And I yeah. think of colleagues, I know a friend of mine who's, you know, reasonably successful international conductor and week two, he started driving for Tesco. You know? Yeah. Just said, that's what I'm doing because yeah. he's got family and, uh, yeah. And now his work's coming back now, but at least he's being able to support himself yeah, and to and do, it, you know,
1: and he probably had an amazing experience. It may have been. At t- yeah.
0: I was just thinking the it same Probably thing. At
1: times must've been, you know, quite you know, hard work at the very yeah. least, but But to have done that and Mm. to have let go of your ego. Absolutely. You know, I'm an international star and now I'm driving a... There are a lot of people who just wouldn't do that because their ego Mm. Mm. wouldn't wouldn't have allowed it, even if that that meant financially his family were screwed.
3: Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah, yeah. And you can see the, 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 the opposite of that. You can see some people who are just sort of, Banging their head against the wall, like, "Why? When are we going to be able to do it exactly as we did before?" When That's, we gonna, right. That's yeah, right. Well, the answer is we're probably never going to do it. That's right.
1: Probably never. <laughs> yeah. Especially
3: in classical music, because it was at his knees an anyway, you know. Yeah.
1: Um, in mm. this
3: country. Yeah. Anyway. Cool.
1: Okay. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. You, yeah, you,
0: guys. I hope I um, hope to
1: meet you face to face at some point.
3: Yeah.
0: That'd be lovely. Yeah. yeah. That's it, folks. For show notes head over to the website at www.lifedundifferent.ly where you'll find links, a quick summary, and you can also explore other conversations. If you're enjoying this podcast, then please tell your friends, give us a good rating, and remember to subscribe. We're also really keen to hear your feedback, so please do let us know what you think and give us your ideas over on Twitter. You can tweet us at lifedonediff, that's double F.